12. Matchstick slash science, politics, and beyond. Query. Why is civilization just as broken after revelation of the Torah as before the revelation of the Torah, when the Torah is a teaching of civilization to humanity? Who done it? Who's behind this? <clears throat> Thesis. Secret S slash only the Torah is revealed, all else is made up. Discovery D. The point origin of the Torah and Genesis 101 is the universal principle of knowledge, acronym Paradise. Remit R. Chatting with God using Paradise. Plain P. Paradise is civilization. Caveat. This brief is a text podcast, X podcast, not your regular talk podcast, K podcast. Some people may find this postmodern, post rabbinic, midrash, unsettling to the beliefs, values, and interests. Studying group and reading the text while listening is highly recommended. Scheme. The X podcasts form a unity. It's best practice to put theory into theory into it's best practice to put theory into practice. Episodes number one to five are foundationals. Number six to eleven are edification. Number twelve is the keystone. Thereafter, there will be improvements to convey the entrusted message. Dedication to the match strikers. Quotations. Theses. You really cannot change anything unless and until you start by changing civilization from the very beginning of things. Theses. Only the Torah is revealed, all else is made up, unless derived from Genesis 1-1-A Aleph. Aaron ben Jacob HaKohen. Quote, it is a mitzvah commandment to innovate on the Torah. King Solomon. Quote, the beginning of wisdom D is fear S slash of yod and knowledge R of the Holy One is understanding P. Einstein, quote, Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Ben Franklin, we must all hang together or, most assuredly, we will all hang separately. Gandhi, quote, First they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. Anonymous, don't let the trees get in the way of you in the forest. Anonymous. Coins have two sides, front and back, and the rim. Uh, Nike. Just do it. Torah. Anyone who can save creation ought. But the chosen B'nai Israel are so charged. Summary of Episodes. Episode 1. Lion Truth, Big Lion, Big Truth. 1. Part 1. <clears throat> the opening episode is about why the world is broken and what to do about it. Why is the world broken? The lie is that the world is broken because it's a broken world. The truth is that the world is broken because we break it. That is, we keep breaking it, trying to fix things, when we really don't know how we know that we know what we know. Episode number two. Enlightened, democracy is dead, long live, paradise, post-modernity. The peopleist state <clears throat> or constitution consists of a five-power state. That is, on the one hand, the government composed of the legislative first power for laws and the executive second power for order. And on the other hand, the people composed of the judicial third power for justice, the news media fourth power for reliable information, and the university fifth power for management of the budget. Additionally, uh, People suffrage, triad votes, and children suffrage by way of their parents. Episode 3, Bigger Lie and Bigger Truth, Part 2. The bigger lie is that the takeaway of the Bible is the golden rule. 
The bigger truth is that the one commandment in the Torah is the universal principle of knowledge as found in Genesis 1-1-Aleph. This one commandment encompasses all the 613 commandments of the sages, including the 10 Decalogue of Moses at Mount Sinai. In Gematria, 6 plus 1 plus 3 gives 1 zero, which reduces to 1. Episode 4, Age of Empowerment of Postmodernity by Paradise Chatting with God. Coming of age is all about chatting with God. Chatting with God is all that's needed for the blessing of creativity of civilization. The sweet spot is at Deuteronomy 6.8 with the point origin at Genesis 1.1a Aleph. Episode 5, Biggest Lie and Biggest Truth, Part 3. The biggest lie is, on the one hand, escapism of messianism and mysticism, and on the other hand, defeatism of habitual crises. The biggest truth of the universal principle of knowledge empowers us to integrate civilization and help save creation. Episode 6. Civilization on Israel 1, Greece 2nd. The case is made for a creative civilization based on primeval Israel, then derivatively on classical Greece. Primeval Israel means constituting civilization by having Genesis 1-1-1 as the cornerstone of the Torah. Now that the truth has debunked the lies, primeval Israel can play its anointed role in civilization. <clears throat> Episode 7, Paradise Application in Theory and Practice. Sufficient examples are provided from Science P, Philosophy R, and Religion T D to prove the existence of the underlying universal principle of knowledge S slash in the Torah Bible. Episode 8, Postmodernity, Post-Rabbinism, and Primeval Israelism. Modernity and Rabbinism are dead stars with a secular negating S slash and religion neg neg neglecting PRD. Moving forward, the thesis of primeval Israel is that Genesis 1 1 Aleph is the cornerstone of the Torah. This point origin as acronym paradise uncurls as Aleph slash Breshit A in beginning of. Episode 9 Noon Lightenment Age of Unreason. This moon enlightened age of dualism is masquerading as the age of reason of the Enlightenment. The proposal is Israelism as primeval Israel S slash. Classical Greece PRD. Dualist, uh, episode 10, Dualism Vaccine. The paradise vaccine against dualism is against ignorance, which is the source of all maladies. <clears throat> episode 11, Torah, Israel, and Civilization. The Torah is the blueprints of creation and of civilization. The Torah was revealed to Moses, to Israel, and to humanity. The universal principle of knowledge in code reads Paradise S slash Torah D Israel R Civilization P. The chosen and charged with integrating our broken world are the B'nai Israel, children of Israel. Episode 12, Matchstick slash Science, Politics, and Beyond. This episode is like the book of Deuteronomy in that, in that as second reading, it summarizes the previous ones as keystone. In the Paradise Code as Matchstick S slash Contra, uh, science P, Constitution R, and, and Beyond D. <clears throat> Executive Summary, 12th episode. Calling all concerned. Let's light, let's strike the match. Let's light the match. Let's strike the anywhere match. The matchstick is the lifeline to humanity. We need to grab the bull by the horns and stop kicking the can down the road with evasives of the unending issues approach. 
Need a, we need a host of creative volunteers to strike the match. Lighting a candle or a bonfire, it all starts with a spark. Light S slash tip D R red R wood P. Once getting it lit, enlighten civilization by chatting with God. By way of example, I use the matchstick image to convey my proposal that achieving cost of living adjustment cola is tied to the role that education and civilization plays in the greater scheme of things. Cola is like the phosphorus tip of the match. Education is like the red potassium chlorate <coughs> of the head. And the wooden stick is like civilization. Homework. The assignment is to consult my self-published books at Amazon on the empowering approach of paradise to integrate civilization and save creation. These books are, quote, Pardesism, Human Science 101, published in 2018, quote, Paradise, Age of Unveilment of Genesis 1-1-A Aleph, in, published in 2019, quote, The Principle of World Caring, published in 2020, and, quote, Saving Creation, published in 2021. For ease of understanding, <clears throat> view the videos on YouTube as well as listen to the X podcast. Please visit the website as paradiseism.org. Autobiography. I taught science at the Alternative Learning Center, ALC, at Garner Best Travis County Juvenile Justice Center, and at Phoenix House Rehabilitation Center for 13 years. I started working for Austin Independent School System, AISD, in 2005 and retired in January 2019. I'm from Mexico and came over in 2002. My studies are bachelor's degree in physics at the University of Austin, of Texas at Austin, Diploma of Imperial College in Physics in London, Master of Business Administration from the Ibero, and Incomplete Master's Degree in Philosophy from the UNAM, both in Mexico City. While in Mexico City, I attended Freemasonry and learned about symbolism and philosophism. And in Austin, I converted to Judaism in 2010 and studied Kabbalah. At first, at first, fresh out of school, I taught science at the National Polytechnic Institute for three years and then had my own business in the medical devices field till my coming over to the U.S. Suddenly, I had a calling for writing and teaching by combining science and philosophy and religion into something better. Since my coming over to Austin, I've been writing a self-published author at Amazon, recording YouTube videos, and now ex-podcasts to, to divulge my findings. In what follows, I will use the capitalized consonants of the acronym as identification tags of my reasoning. I combined religion D, philosophy R, and science P in the only possible way and rediscovered the universal principle of knowledge S slash. I coined this universal principle of knowledge as the acronym PARADISE, meaning that the whole S slash is made of triad parts, PRD, or as S slash PRD for short. The beauty of, the, of this finding is that it is practical and fun to use, much like a recipe for cooking, a time-proven dish as a way to improve it. Purpose. What is the goal in all this? Is it to convert it into a cause, a movement, a party, or what? My take is that this is more like starting a new age. Compendium. This episode, 12th episode, is a compendium of the content of the preceding 11 episodes to serve as keystone. The procedure will be to provide a brief cut out and paste it from sections of the X, of the 11X podcast. The sections will be abridged. It's easier to show by example than to explain by argument of the paradise application. To this end, the empowerment approach used is creative S slash holistic D systemic R heuristic P. Part 1. Science. Brief. 
This part deals with applications of paradise to language as the basis of science. The main frame is science, S slash, biology, D, chemistry, R, physics, P. Physics force. Brief force, S equals slash mass P space R time D. Newton's force equals mass times acceleration, F equals MA. By convention in science, the unknown or independent variable goes on the left side of the equation and the known or dependent variables go on the right side. The above equation is succinctly expressed on the left side as force F uh, S slash and on the right side PRD as mass M space RX time T. The right side of the equation of mass acceleration in dimensions comes across as mass space divided by time squared. Having acceleration as velocity as space divided by time and divided in turn by time. It happens to be the force we identify with the whole S. It is a result of measurement, not measurable itself as such, rather providing the conditions of possibility for measurement. Using the Paradise app model, we have force S equal sl uh, slash mass P space R time D. The Big Bang versus the universe versus the eternal universe. Brief Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle versus Moses on the origin of the universe. The school of Athens in antiquity addressed the question of the creation of the universe or whether it has always existed. The argument is that if there is creation, then there must be a creator. Contrarywise, if there is no creation because the universe has always been there, then there is no creator. Plain and simple. Socrates exclaims that, quote, he only knows that he knows nothing. So, this makes him of little help in our inquiry. Next in line comes Plato, who claims in his dialogue, Timaeus, that the universe was created, but explains it by way of a demiurge, a man-made figure of his own imagination. This means that the, universe, that the universe was created, yes, created, and not always out there, but created in our own creative imagination. That there is a creator, but created by us, creatively made up by us. So, this doesn't help much either. Philosophy fiction, much like science fiction. Aristotle, in his book Physics, endorsed, quote, the eternal or permanent universe, based on his argument that the impossibility, based on, the, on his argument about the impossibility of an infinite regression to a first cause. According to his reasoning, in order to save reason from chaos, he concluded that there was no creation. Aristotle endorsed the steady-state universe based on the impossibility of an infinite regression in time to a first cause. Aristotle saved himself, saved dualistic reason, and saved Greece from oblivion, but threw humanity into a tailspin. That is, faced between, on the one hand, the inherent contradiction of dualism and reason, and on the other hand, dropping creation, he simply chose to save reason and proclaim the eternity of the universe. This amounts to saying that what you cannot explain must be because it must be wrong to begin with. Most, on the other hand, Moses of the Pentateuch of Israel endorsed creation by the, of the universe by God. His account appears in the one creation story of the seven days in Genesis 1-1 to 2-3. The argument of paradise herein presented is similar to Aristotle's impossibility of an infinite regression to a first cause, just that we arrive at a diametrically opposite conclusion. And all this is mostly because we start from the universal principle of knowledge as reason and not from the reason of dualism. 
Aristotle concludes in favor of the permanent universe in order to save dualistic reason, we conclude favoring creation and instituting paradise reason. Cosmology. Brief. Cosmology covered the Big Bang, inflation theory, and the cosmic background radiation. At present in physics, we have cosmic microwave background, CMB radiation, and inflationary theory. The idea is that regarding the Big Bang, we can only tell a few instances after time equals zero. In other words, the beginning is not at the beginning as it should. But then, where did mass, P, space, R, time, D come from, if not from the point of the Big Bang S slash? Within our scheme of understanding things, the main triad PRD unfolded in turn into a triad of sub-triads from three to nine dimensions. The problem with cosmology is that it doesn't account for 95% of the universe out there. This huge amount goes under the code name of dark energy, dark matter, not dark matter and gray energy, euphemisms for not knowing what they are. Roughly 70% of the universe is made of dark energy and dark matter makes up 25%. Cosmology in this specific reflects the malady of the universal as part of civilization. This is an ongoing research. The standard model of physics and gravity. Brief. The standard model of the forces of of the forces plus gravity doesn't not account for all the interactions. The standard model of particle physics describes three of the four fundamental forces in the universe and classifies all known elementary particles. The forces considered are electromagnetic, weak and strong interactions, excluding gravity. <clears throat> Dark matter is a hypothetical form of matter thought to account for approximately 85% of the matter in the universe. Dark matter is called, quote, dark because it does not appear to interact with the electromagnetic field, which, which, does, which means it does not absorb, reflect, or emit electromagnetic radiation and is therefore difficult to impossible to detect. Dark energy is an unknown form of energy that affects the universe on the largest scales. Quite puzzling, the expansion of the universe is accelerating and not expanding at a constant rate. The strong interaction or strong force is a fundamental interaction which confines quarks into proton, neutron, and other hadron particles. The strong interactions also binds neutrons and protons to create atomic nuclei where it is called the nuclear force, what keeps things together. The weak nuclear interaction or weak force is the mechanism of interaction between subatomic particles that is responsible for the radioactive decay of atoms. This is what allows things to separate. Electromagnetism is an interaction that occurs between particles with electric charge via electromagnetic fields. Gravity is a fundamental interaction which causes mutual attraction between all things with mass or energy. Gravity is by far the weakest of the four fundamental interactions. As a result, it has no significant influence at the level of subatomic particles. However, gravity is the most significant interaction between objects at the macroscopic scale of the whole universe. Dark interaction. Brief. A model is proposed to generate the other needed forces to account for the, quote, dark 85% of the mass out there in the universe. A model is proposed to generate the other needed forces to account for the, quote, dark 85% of the mass out there in the universe. The approach of what follows is in adherence to paradise, though the results are certainly wrong. But bear in mind that the present state of the theory is also wrong. 
let's say let's say that existence as what is plays a the ro the whole s slash role. This uncurls in mass spacetime as the main triad PRD, which in turn can further uncurl as triad of subtriads. But more to the point, the main triad PRD uncurls first from the reflect R as DR, RR, PR. This rem is R is the one element of the triad which plays the role of the rim in the coin analogy. For the sake of argument, let's assign the known interactions to the variables or consonants in the paradise application. Since the weak strong interaction is what keeps things tidy at a small scale, both integrating and disintegrating, let's assign it Derage discovered D to this. Since gravity is what keeps things tidy at a large scale, let's call this Peshat plane P. This leaves electromagnetism in the role of Remes remit R, that is, creation S slash uh, weak strong D, electromagnetic R, gravity P. Okay, where WS is weak strong, EM is electromagnetism, and G stands for gravity. But, as we said, these four forces are incomplete to account for the amount of mass out there, telling by the accelerating universe as a function of time. There must be other forces out there to account for the expansion of the universe and many other phenomena. Let's now uncurl the first subtriad by uncurling electromagnetic R into DR, RR, PR. One characteristic of electromagnetism EM is that it is long range, just like gravity, but stronger, whereas the weak strong WS are short range with influence up to the size of the nucleus of an atom. Our main concern in this limited model is to account for the expansion of the universe. This clearly eliminates the weak strong WS and for and leave standing solely electromagnetism EM and gravity G. But gravity G will leave out of this R subtriad, but will uncurl it later on in its own subtriad P as DP, RP, PP. But we won't get there in this short version anyway. Now, now that this R triad or yeah, R triad is known for its self-generation quality as electromagnetism, in physics, electromagnetism EM is an interaction that occurs between particles with electric charge via electromagnetic fields. There are electric monopoles, but no magnetic monopoles. Light is electromagnetic radiation. There are electric charges and electric fields, but there are no magnetic particles, just magnetic fields. For starts, let's assume that the R triad takes after the main triad PRD. For the sake of nomenclature, and so as to avoid unnecessary confusions, let's rename, quote, dark matter and energy as, quote, night dark and energy. This allows us to use, quote, day interaction instead of, quote, light interactions, those which are detectable and so measurable, and thus distinguish this unknown force or interaction from ordinary light. Our working hypothesis would then be that, quote, night interactions form a triad, Let's call them the night weak strong or NWS and the night electromagnetic or NEM and the night gravity or NG. Now we would have the following creation S slash WSD EMR GP with EMR as the remit R subtriad uncurling as NWS DR NEM RD and NG PD. We will leave it here since it's obviously beyond the scope of this essay, not to mention my, my pay grade. For reference, 
Today, Newtonian forces have given way to other techniques and employs the principle of least action, the Lagrangian and the Hamiltonian. Also, energy being a scalar is easier to manage than force, which is the vector. In any case, the intention is to familiarize the listener with the creative research potential of the Paradise app in science. Biology, Tree of Life Brief, the Paradise application brings out the underlying relationship of the, quote, protista. There are three domains which are arranged as biology, in, as biology S slash Eukarya D, Archaea R, Bacteria P. There are six clades or kingdoms. From bacteria, there is eubacteria. From archaea, there is archaeobacteria. And from eukarya, there is four, namely, quote, protista, fungi, plantae, and animalia. The one who stands out is the, quote, protista, called paraphylactic, and therefore is not a valid clade. Paraphylactic category means that they're fundamentally different from each other, sharing closest common ancestors with other groups rather than with each other. Some display characteristics that most closely resemble those of plants, fungi, or animals. In our case, we have the common eukaryote ancestor S in the role of the protista. The challenge is how to classify the six clades or kingdoms in a matter that sheds light on their lineage. We use the paradise application on the quote protista with the ellipse S slash triad PRD, which in turn goes goes into a triad of subtriads. The main triad PRD goes as triad of subtriad as follows uh, DDRDPD and DRRRPR and DPRPPD. We now made the correspondences between our paradise application and the classifications. The first one will be DDRDPD as excavata, chromalveolata, cercozoa, foraminifera, and radiolaria. And the DRRRPR as rhodophyta, plant like, amoebozoa, fungus like, choanozoa animal-like, and then the DPRPPP as plants, fungi, animals. Comment. Please view both seed of life and the and square diagram presentations in the slides at the end of the podcast. Chemistry, DNA. Brief, the Paradise app brings out the underlying relationship in the DNA model. This is an ongoing project. The DNA for Nucleotides, it iteratively takes up roles, paradise as S slash PRD. First, let's do a quick rundown of the deoxyribonucleic acid or DNA. It is a polymer composed of two polynucleotide chains that coil around each other to form a double helix, each traveling in opposite directions. The polymer carries genetic instructions for the development, functioning, growth, and reproduction of all known organisms and many viruses. The two DNA strands are known as polynucleotides as they are composed of simpler monomeric units called nucleotides. Each nucleotide is composed of one of four of four nitrogen-containing nucleobases, namely cytosine C, guanine G, adenine A, thiamine D, a sugar called deoxyribose, and a phosphate group. The nucleotides are joined to one another in a chain by covalent bonds known as the phosphodiester linkage between the sugar of one nucleotide and the phosphate of the next, resulting in an alternating sugar-phosphate backbone. The nitrogenous bases of the two separate polynucleotide strands are bound together according to to base pairing rules with hydrogen bonds to make double-stranded DNA. Adenine A with 
thiamine T, and cytosine C with guanine G. As I said, this is an ongoing project. There are many pieces of the puzzle, but you get the idea where all this is going with a paradise application. Language. Brief. A thought inside us comes out voiced as language. That is, thought, D, slash, subject, D, verb, R, object, adjective, P. Reference and referent. Mary is happy. Mary is a reference with a person, Mary, and Mary is a name. Mary S slash Mary D, Mary R, Mary P. By convention, quotes and italics are used to distinguish one Mary from the other Mary. Another way to distinguish the aforementioned Mary is simply by appending S slash PRD consonants of the Paradise app. Children learn to read and write simply using primeval common sense that the whole S is made of triad parts. A thought is whole and indivisible, somehow inside of us, and comes out voiced as language. That is, language comes across as thought S, as thought D, uh, thought S, slash, subject D, verb R, object, adjective P. For the moment, a visual expression is the ellipse S slash triad PRD. This main triad in turn at the next level uncurls as triad of subtriads. That is, S slash stays the same, but the main triad uh, PRD goes onto the triad of triads as DD, RD, PD, DR, RR, PR, and DP, RP, PP. This scheme is iterative and uncurls as needed. Comment. View the visual display of language in slides at the end. <clears throat> part 2. Politics. Brief. Though small, this part could have the greatest impact on society on the short term. Peopleless constitution of the state. Brief. The paradise application is used to improve the present U.S. Constitution. <clears throat> 1. The state of five powers. Composed of the government, two powers, legislative and executive, the people, three powers, judicial, and two more powers, news media and university. This is based on the preamble to the U.S. Constitution, quote, we the people of the U.S. established Constitution of the United States. <clears throat> Number two, fourth power, the news media, being the age of information, quote, I mean, based on the Ninth Amendment, quote, in the Constitution, certain rights are retained by the people. Three, fifth power, the university, we're in the age of knowledge. Based on the Tenth Amendment, quote, the powers not delegated are reserved to the people. Amendments. <clears throat> One, people suffrage. One person triad vote, that's three votes. Two, child suffrage. Kids entitled to vote via their parents. Succinctly, five power state, government two powers, and people three powers. Government first power, legislative, second power, executive. People, third power, judicial, fourth power, news media, fifth power, university. The executive will be in charge of securities and essentials, the legislative of laws and judicial, and the judicial of justice, constitution, the media of accountability as watchdog, the university, we the people, at budget spending. Note, we have a visual display included at the end of the slides. View them, please. Part 3. And beyond. <clears throat> Brief. This largest and most transcendent part deals with commentaries on the Torah Bible. Cornerstone restaged. Brief. The point origin, paradise at Genesis 1 way Aleph, echoed throughout the Bible Tanakh. This seemingly inane thing at Genesis 1 way Aleph is the point of support for the whole universe. The stone that the builders rejected turned out to be the cornerstone of civilization and of creation. Let's trust our memory but verify by quoting directly. Though this is secondary source from King David and not from the Tanakh, from the Torah, 
Still, the fact remained that the original message reverberates throughout the whole Tanakh Bible. Psalms 118.22 Verse 118.22 Even Ma Asu, the stone rejected, quote, The stone rejected by the, for the building will become the cornerstone. Comment. This seems to be anticipating the missing of the point of origin by the misguided receptors of the tradition. That is, that they would do a poor job as oral Torah of receiving the tradition of Moses. But that's the least of our concerns. And besides, we already knew that. Most importantly is the parallel between this psalm, Psalms 118.22 and Genesis 1.1.11. Please allow me to explain in what follows. Israel at the crossroads. Brief, primeval Israel or else torn between backsliding to Egypt and feedback from Greece. Israel is torn between time backsliding to Egypt and getting loop feedback from Greece. If Israel does not get a grip on its bearings, it's not only going to be a failed state, but it's going to fail the Torah. As an aside, I just cannot help but notice the strong similarities and differences between the modern flags of Greece and Israel. Both have white backgrounds and blue foreground with stripes across, differing on the cross and the Star of David, respectively, amongst other details. Postmodernity, postrabbinism, and Israelism. Brief. Postmodernity means past feedback from Greece. Postrabbinism means past backsliding to Egypt. Israelism means return to primeval Israel. The question on our minds is what comes after modernity? Well, postmodernity. And what comes after rabbinism? Well, postrabbinism. But what do these two post periods look like? The following thoughts should provide us with the right sense of orientation. The truth of the matter is that rabbinism and modernity have much to their credit. After all, it took us from the Dark Ages to Enlightenment up to the foothill of the third millennium. Of course, it also helped instrument crisis as usual as a thing we've all gotten to accept as part of the new normal, the way things are. Both modernity and rabbinism were and are 99% right and only 1% wrong. Of course, the part they got wrong is the one, as in day one, and not first day. But that aside, my guess is that what comes post these times will somehow build on top of it, much like the pyramids of Egypt and Mexico. That said, it will still have to have a restart from the point origin as the universal principle of knowledge. This refers that the one God displaced all forms of idolatry. Given the cornerstone change, many customs remain unchanged. The idolatry referred to is getting rid of messianism and mysticism and habitual crises. By postmodernity is meant, meant past the bondage of Greece. By postrabbinism is meant past the hold of messianism and mysticism from Egypt on Israel. By primeval Israelism or Israelism is meant being free to return to the original mosaic meaning before the train derailment of our times. This is reminiscent of free from the bondage of Egypt, a restaging of biblical narrative in contemporary times. I beg you the reader not to confuse rabbinism with the rabbis of the Jewish congregations or priests of the other congregations. Rabbis are good. Rabbinism is bad. The problem is that rabbis have to carry the baggage of rabbinism. The gripe. Brief. Why is the world just as broken before revelation of the Torah as after it, when the Torah was a teaching of civilization to begin with. What went wrong? Who's the who done it? The gripe I have with rabbinism is messianism, but with Cohenism as well. 
and with kingship, might I add, and in general, with everyone who has been in charge of things in Israel since Revelation. What keeps me up at night is why is the world just as broken before Revelation as well as after the giving of the Torah. After all, the Torah is a teaching of how to do our job on earth as he does his in heaven, all proportions kept. Our job being civilization and his is creation. There is nothing wrong with creation. Then why is civilization so wrong? The secular and religious leadership needs to be held accountable for their poor performance at the helm of things in the world. The solution to the problem that we're hearing coming up with could just as easily have been done back then as we're doing right now. Furthermore, civilization and modernity is based on Greece, and Hellenism has been around since the times of the Tanakh, prophets, and writings. And if Greece could do it back then and is founded on Israel, why couldn't Israel do it itself? The question makes sense since what we're proposing certainly isn't new. The Torah has been around as re and has remained unchanged in the slightest since we know of. Someone or some group has to be held accountable for all suffering to all concern, and I mean all. And no, we cannot blame it on God by asking where was God? Our failings are our failings. As leadership and followers and followers, we need to start by taking ownership of our performance. We sim we have simply been doing everything but what we were supposed to we were supposed and had to do. All we had to do was chat with God while studying the Torah, and they had us praying all this time. If you miss the 1%, not the first percent, out of the 100%, then you miss the message for arriving late at the opening ceremony, irrespective if you later on got the remaining 99% right. The 1 happens to be the 1 of the 100. The rest are zeros, which means that the 99% amounts to SIP. King Solomon Brief, King Solomon, true to his charge, faithfully echoes the point origin of paradise in his own poetic wording. King Solomon, king of King David, son of King David, was known for his wisdom. This is attested in 1 Kings, Kings 3.12, verse, uh, 1 Kings 3.12, verse 3.12. ashti kit bericha. Now I will do as you have spoken. Quote, and now I'll do as you have spoken. I grant you heart, wisdom, and understanding. There has never been anyone like you before, nor will anyone like you arise again. Comment. His Solomon's is to be the wisest man to ever live. This comes across clearly with the cues added onto the original text, the relevant part only. Quote, I, God, Grant you S slash knowledge, heart R, wisdom D, and understanding P. That is Solomon, King Solomon personifies paradise. Now, as regards our theme, what wisdom did he show? This is manifested in Proverbs 9.10. Proverbs 9.10, verse 9.10. Tehilat, chokmah, the beginning of wisdom. Quote, the beginning of wisdom D is fear S of Yodhevavche, and knowledge R of the Holy One is understanding P. Comment. This spells out in no uncertain terms paradise. This states that though wisdom D is closest to S, however, that S slash is nested iteratively in knowledge R so as to play as relay baton in the race of humanity. This is in reference to the Aleph A appearing in Aleph slash Bereshit A in beginning of as well as in Bereshit beginning. Paradise model. 
<clears throat> brief. The acronym PARADISE stands for the Universal Principle of Knowledge. It is in turn shorthand for secret S slash discover D remit R plain P. Common sense premise. The closer to the truth we are, a principle of knowledge, the more issues are resolved. Therefore, the biggest truth, the universal principle of knowledge, resolves all issues. Things are like a coin. Sometimes it's easier to explain by way of example using common sense than by concepts. There is a side facing us, the real. There's also the flip side, the imaginary. Though the sides do not touch, they are connected by the rim. The coin comprises the whole, while the parts comprise the triad. <clears throat> while the coin may prove intuitive, it is hard to work with. Let's use the right triangle in a complex grid instead. The real side of the coin will stand for the horizontal real axis. The flip side will stand for the vertical imaginary axis, while the rim will stand for the hypotenuse. Let's call the whole salt secret S. Next, we have the front side of the coin, the horizontal real side of the triangle, which we denominate as Peshat plane P. This is because it's what's plainly in front of us and, deserve, and serves as reference. Next will come the flip side of the coin, the vertical imaginary side of the triangle, which we denominate as the right discover. This is imaginary because it's in our imagination, and we have to, and we have to discover it by turning the coin. Finally, this leaves the rim of the coin, the hypotenuse of the right triangle, which we denominate the remis remit, R. This is so because it remits us from the front to the back of the coin and from the back to the front, as it were. One last thing. We have to find a way to signify the whole, which is in our heart somehow, and the parts which are in the universe. This we accomplish simply by the forward slash joining or separating the whole and the triad parts. The one whole is made of triad parts. That is, the one whole S slash is made of triad parts PRD, same which we express as S slash PRD. To this nomenclature, made solely of consonants, we now add a few vowels to make it into a recognizable word. From right to left as S slash PRD or the other way around as S slash DRP. With vowels A, A, I, E, and reading the sign S slash DRP right to left, we would have paradise. The, uh, okay. the vowel we've chosen identifies ours as primeval paradise. Had we chosen the vowels A, E, we would have the, the medieval pardes. By this procedure, we have the acronym paradise stands for the universal principle of knowledge. The claim is that paradise underlies all there is to know. This means that it serves as the master key, as the cornerstone of the social edifice, and so on. Mention is made in passing that the Tensefirot of Pardes Kabbalah are reproduced by Paradise Kabbalah by way of the one whole and triad of triad parts. 3 times 3 makes 9, adding 1 to 9 makes 10, which in turn reduces to 1. Note that, the, note that while the medieval Pardes requires a whole cloud of the Bible Tanakh, the primeval Paradise requires solely the point origin at Genesis 1-1-A Aleph. Chatting with God as Civilization Brief. The blueprints of civilization are laid out in Genesis 1-1-A Aleph and in Deuteronomy 6-1-4-9. Please allow me to insist on the practical importance of the thesis, quote, Chatting with God as Civilization. This requires taking another look at the Shema Yisrael, Listen Israel the stepping stone of Deuteronomy 6.1, along with the cornerstone of Genesis 1.1 Aleph. This is analogous to the Russian doll 
Matryoshka, a series of dolls nested inside another. Genesis 1-1-A Aleph. Verse 1-1-A Aleph. Aleph slash Breshit A in beginning of. Quote, Aleph, Breshit, uh, Aleph slash Breshit bara Elohim et hashamayim be'et ha'aretz. Quote, A slash in beginning of created Elohim, chatting with the heavens and chatting with the earth. Comment. This is the point origin of the Torah. Its important lies in establishing the criterion of validity that every claim must be derived from it. Recall that the correct way of reading the cornerstone is uncurling it first. In what follows, we'll spell out how each section of the verse reads, how it's represented, and what each means. Aleph slash uh, reads S slash means creator. Aleph slash Rashid A in beginning of reads S slash PRD means creator slash creative creation. Aleph Rashid Bara A in beginning of created uh, reads S slash PRD means creator creation created. Breshit bara Elohim, in beginning of created Elohim, the D means creation created God. Bara Elohim et, created Elohim chatting with, reads R, means created God chatting with. Elohim et hashamayim ve'et ha'aretz, God is chatting with the heavens and chatting with the earth. P, mean, reads P, means both that the meaning of God, quote, is chatting with the heavens and chatting with the world with the earth as well as quote that God is chatting with the heavens and is chatting with the earth that is God it that is that God is what God does this is saying that wholesome people walk the talk comment the above is the Torah in a nutshell in practice Genesis 1 spells out as paradise once the point origin is uncurled in place then things start emanating from this cornerstone much like the foundations are in place, resting on bedrock, you can then safely start erecting the skyscraper. We jump now to the end of the Torah, the book of Deuteronomy, verse 6-1. In what follows for economy will include the paradise cues inserted in the text itself. We may abbreviate as well. Deuteronomy 6-1, verse 6-1. Vesot ha-mitzvah. And this is the commandment, quote, And this is the commandment, s slash that Yotrebafre, your God, has commanded to impart to you D, to be taught to you R, to observe P in the land. Comment. This verse singles out the commandment S as the prince slash as the principle at Genesis 1-1-8. Now we we move on to lay out the rest of the verse of this important instruction. The rest of the verses of this important instruction. Deuteronomy 6, 4, verses 4 to 9. Verse 6, 4. Shema Yisrael, listen Israel. Shema Yisrael, Eloheinu, Quote, listen Israel, is our God, is one. Common. This exemplifies the paradise principle in terms that cannot be missed. Sorry. Verse 6, 5. and you shall love. Quote, and you shall love chatting with your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Comment. This is the verse of interest. But first, let's go through the rest to provide the vast background and later return to comment on it. But in passing, please note that Lev, heart, appears with a double vav, V, spelled L-E-V-V. Here, it's emphasizing the double-tiered nature of the heart. Heart of passing on life and of chatting with God. Uh, verse 6, 6, Vechayu, and it shall be, quote, and will be these things which I charge you this day, 
to your heart. Comment. This refers to the transformative power that chatting with God has on us. That is, the transition from the dualism of the happiness mirage to integrating civilization and saving creation. But in passing, please note that left LEV, V heart, also appears with a double V. If it is the case of a double heart, so to speak, then it jumped from a heart of physical love to heart of divine love. Verse 6, 7, Veshinantam, and impress upon them. Quote, and impress them upon them, your children, and recite them when you stay at home, and when you walk on the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up. Comment. This gives the specifics of our mission if we choose to accept it. Verse 6, 8, Ukshartam, and bind them. Ukshartam leot al yadecha, vechayu letotafot necha. Quote, and bind them as a sign onto your hand, and they will be drippings, reminders between your eyes. Comment. This is the key verse of using the Paradise app in order to chat with God. Verse 6, 9. Uktaftam, and inscribe them. Quote, and inscribe them on the doorposts of your houses and on your city gates. Comment. This says to write it inside and outside us, relatively speaking. Now that we've laid out the... Now that we've laid out the background, let's return to focus on the foreground of interest with verse 6-5, Ve'ahavta, and you shall love. The reason we call it nested is on account of the repetition of chatting with. Verse 6-5, we're going to repeat it. Ve'ahavta, and you shall love. Quote, and you shall love chatting with your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Comment. The emphasis is on loving chatting with God. Recall from Genesis 1-1-A-Aleph the definition of God as Elohim, et hashamayin ve'et ha'ares. God is chatting with the heavens and chatting with the earth. Corresponding to the P. This then means that to love chatting with yod your God in turn uncurls as to love chatting with yod your God by chatting with the heavens and by chatting with the earth. Dualism. Brief. Paradiseism is primeval Israel acting in unison as triad PRD parts to make the whole to make the world whole is while dualism is classical Greece with parts acting separately to make a broken world. Primeval Israel is represented by paradise, while classical Greece of dualism is represented by the crossed out version of paradise. Paradise crossed out. This means that the elements act separately and not in unison as a triad PRD and not therefore not integrating as whole is. Thus dualism is slashed uh, crossed out means messianism d mysticism r and happiness p but all acting separately or alternatively dualism is crossed out is religionism d philosophism r scientism p they are all crossed out or acting separately all are good as integral parts of the triad prd but toxic acting separately as isms the only good ism is that which is universally inclusive of everything, as is the case with paradiseism. Dualism is 99% right and only 1% wrong. The problem is that if you miss the 1%, not the first percent, out of the 100%, then you miss the message, irrespective if you later on got the remaining 99% right. The 1 happens to be the 1 of the 100. The rest are zeros, which means that the 99% amounts to SIP. Primeval Israel would be post-dualism S slash religion D, philosophy R, science P. This post-dualism would have the parts acting in unison under the baton of secret S, secret sought S, ordinarily taken as God. 
nomenclature. Brief, use generic names instead of specific ones to avoid unwanted misunderstandings. So as to avoid misunderstanding understandings, I'll use generic names. Instead of saying rabbinism, I'll use religionism. This is because the faults of the latter are the same as those of scholasticism in Christianity and so on. And by extension, the same applies to the rest as well. That is, philosophism and to scientism. Mission means and ends. Brief. The heart plays a double-tiered role as emotions D of passing on life, but also as exchanging the essence of life by chatting with God S. Slash. Now, a few more words on the double-tiered heart of verses Deuteronomy 6.5 and 6.6. Cryptically, the heart appears in 6.5 as love S. Slash heart D. Soul R. Might P but had the potential to jump to the next level of realization as hard as slash, from the gross to the sublime. You might be asking, and what for? Well, this in order to make the connection with the following verse 6-7 referring to the mission in life. Moreover, including verses 6-8 and 6-9, it is taking the job to its completion. Please allow me to explain my take on this delicate and transcendental matter. Our heart seems to play both a chorus and a lead role in one. Ordinarily, the heart is a seat of emotions. Nothing bad with that. Thanks to it, there's procreation and a lot more, needless to say. Love means being one, at one with God. By chatting with God, we are, quote, one by becoming, quote, triad. We are one by becoming a triad. That is, this means that to love chatting with yod heb elohim Creator God, integrates us as one in the triad. My take on this is that the cue to the double-tier heart lies in the spelling of Lev, L-E-V-V, L-E-V-V, heart. Normally, heart is spelled with one vav, as in Lev, L-E-V, heart. But here, the unique spelling of L-E-V-V, heart, is telling us that it can take this double role of heart, D, and, most importantly, also, as heart, S, slash. From the very beginning, we have this nested character in us as Bethlehem creative, the quote, who we are, and that the mood creature, the, quote, what we become. The same occurs with the heart. It has this emotion nature of, quote, what, and divine culture, quote, who, much like the flip sides of the coin. In code, we, S, slash, who, D, N, R, what, P. This is just saying that we are both Bethlehem, creative of the creator, S, and the mood creatures of creation, PRD. In more philosophical language, this can be phrased as transcendence, R, slash, Eminence PRD. But is that all? Far from it. Let's keep engaging with the text a little more. Let's quote again the verse of interest to have it with, within ears reach. Deuteronomy 6 5. Verse 6 5. Ve'achavta, and you shall love. Quote, and you shall love, chatting with Yodhibavhe, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Comment. Please note that it says, Bekol with all, three times, referring to the heart and soul and the might, as in contemporary terms to the spirit, the mind, and the body. The thing is that the prefix be can mean both, quote, with, as well as, quote, in. This is the same idea as above, that words have a nested or tiered meaning. The ordinary use of be is, quote, with, as when referring to emotions, kind of superficial level, skin deep. However, when we want to go deep, it suddenly takes on, a lead role, a lead divine role as, quote, in. That is, the use as, quote, with the heart, soul, and mind are just a triplet, but with the, with the use as, quote, in, the triplet suddenly becomes transmused into a triad. 
This means that the correct way to read this verse is as follows. Verse 6, 5, you shall love, should be read like this. The, 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 higher, the higher octave. Quote, and you shall love, chatting with your God in all your heart and in all your soul and in all your might. Lead role in the play. Brief. From chorus to lead role in the play, <clears throat> quote, chatting with God as civilization. The word bekol in all, the quote in refers to the point, all the while the quote all refers to the origin. Thus we have, as if out of nowhere, thanks to diligently paying attention, that the Torah is teaching us something worth knowing. That is, that the point origin of paradise is as the creator S slash omnipresent P, omnipotent D, and omniscient R, all proportions kept, being teaching 101, and serves to validate the conclusions to follow. <clears throat> This is as a preparation for a mutation to occur, like a metamorphosis. Once one loves God in all the heart, and in all the soul, and in all the mind, not with all, but in all, then we jump from the mood creature of creation PRD to Bethsalem creative of the Creator S. Then, in verse 6-7, we are ready to impart teaching 101 to our children at home and on the road to strands, uh, friends and strangers. It is no longer opinion, but knowledge. We're no longer part of the problem, but part of the solution. That's the whole point. Then follows that what we've, that what we've amply talked about of verse 6-5 of binding the hand to our hand and taking charge of things in the world to make it a fit place as civilization. So we will not repeat it here, but refer the listener to other episodes. Instead, this time around, we'll focus on the concluding verse 6-9. The obvious and immediate question in all this is, and what for? Why all the fuss? What's the name? What's the end game in all this preparation? Deuteronomy six nine, verse six nine. Uktaftam and inscribe them. Quote and inscribe them on the doorposts of your houses and on your city gates. Comment. This is reminiscent of how Rabbinism interprets verses Deuteronomy six eight and six nine. Rabbinism interprets these two verses as making tefillim phylacteries for praying and of placing the mezuzah doorstep for identifying a Jewish home. But as we said before, verse 6-8 is about chatting with God, not about putting on black boxes, leather boxes, and strings on your head and arms, and nailing them on the door frame. Same here. It's not about carrying nor nailing objects, but much more. Or maybe, quote, both and. If being inclusive, then the lower interpretation P should not preclude the higher one, D. I'm not trying to downplay the roles that the boxes play, but rather to rescue what the text within them states us to do. Theory, Torah, is theory and practice. This is telling us to realize chatting with God as civilization. The thesis is chatting with God is civilization. Civilization understood in our own personal spaces as well as in the public square. These seven verses of the Deuteronomy 6, 1, 4 to 9 are the cornerstone of civilization. Verse 6, 8 is the theory of chatting with God, and verse 6, 9 puts in practice the instructions received to integrate civilization and safe creation. At the down-to-earth level, this is telling us to align the political constitutions and scientific theories and philosophical discourses with paradise. In particular, the peopleless state of five powers. But the general idea is to open the gift boxes and liberate its contents in order to integrate civilization based on the Paradise app. The whereabouts of the, of the commandment. Brief, the whereabouts of the one soul commandment are found by chatting with God. 
In this particular case, I will make an exception and read the whole array of verses to convey that powerful message which is central to our thesis statement of the existential one commandment of the universal principle of knowledge for integrating civilization. No mention whatsoever is made of the golden rule of civility. Herein, as usual, I will employ the component categories S-DRP of the Paradise Acronym Nomenclature to both prove the thesis as well as to help in explaining the argument. Deuteronomy 30, 11 to 14. Verse 30, uh, 11, this corresponds to S slash. Quote, Surely this commandment, S, which I enjoin upon you this day, is not too baffling, D. It is for you, R, nor is it beyond reach, P. Comment. It clearly states that it's talking about the one commandment, not about the many, 613 or the 10. Verse 30, 12, D. Quote, it is not in the heavens that you should say, quote, who among us can go up to the heavens and get it for us and impart it to us that we may observe it. Comment. This is clarifying that it is not in the spirit. In, it is not in the imaginary. Verse 30, 13, corresponding to the P. Quote, Neither is it beyond the scene that you should say, quote, who among us can cross to the other side of the sea and get it for us and impart it to us that we may observe it. Comment. This is likewise clarifying that it is not buried in the deeps, in the depths of things physical. Verse 30, 14, corresponding to R. Quote, rather the thing S slash is very close to you. It is in your mouth RR and in your heart DR to observe it PR. Comment. It is stating where it is. It is, quote, for you are just above mentioned. Therefore, uncurling the triad into a subtriad, we get it in your mouth RR. Part DR, observe PR. Verse 30, 15, Paradise. Quote, See, I said before you this day, chatting with life, S slash, and chatting with good, PRD, or chatting with death, uh, S crossed out, and chatting with bad, PRD crossed out, or separate. Comment. Here is Here it wraps things up with Paradise as chatting with God. Thus, the one universal commandment is spelled out, giving its username and password, as it were. Please allow me to repeat the above verses in order to stress the crux of the point. That is, in the opening S, quote, Surely this commandment S, which I enjoin you this day, is not too baffling. D, it is for you R, nor is it beyond reach P. Also, in the closing, quote, Rather, the thing S slash is close to you in your mouth RR and in your heart DR. To observe it, PR. The challenge posed back in Leviticus 19.1.2 was what it meant to be holy, and the clues are now given in Deuteronomy 30.11.14. We simply follow instructions and arrive at the answer in Genesis 1.1.11. It says it's close to you. Briefly, the paradise placeholders, as expressed in Deuteronomy 30.11.14, R. Commandment, S slash heavens, D, mouth, heart, R, C's, P. Chatting with light as civilization. Brief. Herein, quote, light is clearly identified with civilization as paradise. But at the end of the day, how can we know if it's right? Well, by getting it right from the very beginning, if not before. The Latin term ratio, ratio can mean reason, relation, and proportion, as well as mathematical, mathematical ratio. Below is the foundation of civilization as day one of creation in Genesis 1, 1, 1 to 5, Aleph, slash Aleph. This is the cornerstone, the master key, the, quote, point origin as day one. 
around which the whole universe uncurls. Thus, this way we can adequately found civilization on Israel, then on Greece, and likewise elsewhere. The whole is stated up front. Then it's unfolded in three swipes as triad PRD. It's all contained in day one of creation. In what follows, we'll provide the background in order to understand the foreground of interest at Genesis 1-4. Genesis 1-1-5-Aleph-Aleph. Uh, 1-0-Aleph, so to speak. Aleph slash A slash comment. This Aleph A represents the Creator. Verse 1-1 Bereshit, in beginning of. Bereshit, bara Elohim et hashamayim ve'et ha'ares. Quote, in beginning of, created Elohim, chatting with the heavens and chatting with the earth. Comment. This is the point, origin, or singularity commandment, or universal principle of knowledge. This plays the part of tip of the guiding thread. If you get it, you find your way around and through the labyrinth. But if you miss it, you end up pitifully lost in the world of opinion, and what's worse, not even aware of it. Verse 1-2. <clears throat> and the earth was unformed and void. Quote, and the earth was unformed and void with darkness over the face of the deep and a wind from God sweeping over the waters. Comment. This states that the, this states the sorry state when the three constituent raw materials of creation acted separately instead of a triad. That is, real, plain P, mental, reflect R, and imaginary discovery D. These triad elements we clearly identify as science P, philosophy R, religion D. 1-3. Vayomer Elohim, and said God, verse 1-3, uh, quote, and said God, quote, let there be light, and there was light. Comment. This states that the way to go is for light to play the role of the whole S. This confirms the thesis of paradise. That is, that secret S slash discovery D reflect our plain P. Verse 1-4, Vayera Elohim, and saw God, quote, and saw God chatting with the light, that it was good and separated God between the light and between the darkness. Comment. This states that light is secret S slash puts together the otherwise loose parts as triad discovery D reflect our plane P. This secret S slash comes to represent light. That is, that good is forward slash that puts together the whole S as made of triad parts, PRD. This clearly states that paradise is the way to go to integrate civilization. And contrarywise, that keeping things separate is bad as our broken world plainly testifies. Verse 1-5, Elohim, and called Elohim, quote, and called God the light day and the darkness called night, and there was evening and there was morning day one. Comment, what stands out of the verse 1 is that it is stated that it is day one, not the first day, that is, that all creation is contained in this day one. The rest of the days of the week of creation uncurl from this singularity, singular day. This echoes what we thought previously regarding the one commandment in Exodus 24.12. The takeaway of the above is that is the light stands for civilization. In Genesis 1.1, we have both, quote, that Elohim, that Elohim, and, quote, Elohim is, chatting with the heavens and chatting with the earth. Now, in Genesis 1.4, we have that Elohim sees that chatting with the light is good. So, secret is light, and light is civilization. And what civilization that is so secretive? The thesis is civilization S slash religion D, philosophy R, science P. It's an uncurling process such that it always connects with the point origin as derivative. That's the whole idea of saying that only the Torah is revelation and everything else is made up unless it's derived from this point origin. 
somehow on the base 10 numbering system, we would seem to have one God, one for God, 10 for creation, and 100 for civilization. All proportions kept. What does God ask of us? Brief. The conclusion is that all that God asks of us is to chat with yod for instructions. Everything is in God's control except for fear of God. We'll address what is fear of God. And no, fear of God is not the same thing as faith in God as we've been told all along. But before that, let's inquire what God asks of us. Deuteronomy 10, 12-17, verse 10-12. Ma yotrebavre Eloheinu shoel me imach. What does Yotrebavre your God ask of you? Quote, and now, O Israel, what does Yotrebavre your God ask of you other than to fear chatting, chatting with Yotrebavre? With your God, to walk in all his paths and to love chatting with him and to work chatting with your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Comment. This verse expresses paradise in no uncertain terms. In simplified terms, to fear chatting with God, with your God, S slash, to walk chatting with in all his paths, D, and to love chatting with him, R, and to serve chatting with your God, P. The standout phrase is quoted, quote, chatting with, make no mistake. What God wants us is to apply paradise in integrating civilization and help in saving creation by chatting with Him. That's what we were made and created to do in the first place. That is, as referring to chatting with God, to fear S slash uncurls as to follow D, to love R, and to serve P. Verse 1013, Lishmor et mitzvot. To keep chatting with the commandments, quote, to keep chatting with the commandments of Yotrebavre and chatting with his decrees, which I enjoin upon you for your good. Comment. The purpose of chatting with fearing S slash God, understood as follow D, to love R, to serve P, is for our own good. S slash. 10 14. Ken ha Yotrebavre Elohecha. Indeed, to Yotrebavre your God. Quote, indeed. To Yotrebavre, your God of the heavens, and the heavens of the heavens, the earth, and all that is in it. Comment. Here God indicates that whatever we might think He is, He is much more than that, to the next degree, and so on. Verse 1015. Rak ba apoteja. Only your forefathers. Only your forefathers did treasure Yotrebavre to love chatting with them, and He chose their offspring after them. You from all the peoples, as it is this day. Comment. The claim of chosen people to chat with begins with the patriarchs. Verse 1016. Umaltem et, and shall circumcise chatting with. Quote. You shall circumcise chatting with a forced king from your hearts, and your neck stiffen no more. Comment. Somehow circumcision unblocked the ability to chat at the level of the double-tiered heart. Here again, Lev, L-E-V-V. Heart is written with double B, B, to indicate that the physical love normally associated with a heart D of passing on life should be elevated to heart S slash to commune or chat with God. A second point follows from the first, and it is regarding not being stiff-necked about accepting the yoke to carry out the task of cultivating civilization. This stiff, stiff neck is in reference to the ox which refuses to bend its neck to allow the farmer to pay the yoke in order to plow the field to harvest. The, mor the moral is clear to our times, to our place and times regarding who is to play a lead role in integrating civilization and so on. The conclusion is that all that God asks of us is to chat with Yotrebavre. 
Circumcision of hearts. Brief. Circumcision is about stepping up to the plate and chatting with God on what to do to integrate civilization and save creation. Thanks to this verse, I finally understand the importance assigned to circumcision. It's all about a double-tiered heart, L-E-V-V, as heart D lowercase and heart S slash uppercase. This heart slash alternatively means heart and self. Deuteronomy 10.17 Ki because Yodhebavhe your God, quote, Because Yodhebavhe your God, he is Elohim of the Elohim, the Lord of Lords, the God, the mighty, the great, and the awesome, who shows no favor and takes no bribe. Comment. In simplified terms, as follows The main triad is Yodhebavhe is slash your God R, he is Elohim of the Elohim D, and Lord of Lords P. The sub triad R, your God R, the mighty PR, the great RR, the awesome PR. Then, for closing, he mentioned that he is not biased nor corruptible. He is not diminished by anything we might do. The last phrase is of vital importance. It says that nothing anyone does can sway the hand of God. However, we can always chat with God for instructions. He knows what's best for all concerned, and it may not be what we're asking for. Hence the saying, be careful what you ask for. We're not only here to pass on life, life, but to save creation, doing our part in integrating civilization. From bleed D of triad PRD to point source S of whole. In what context does this liberating circumcision of chatting occur? Simply by not opposing resistance to accepting the mission. By not stiffening the neck to avoid the charge. By not bending the neck to allow placement of being the means to accomplish the end. In a way, did Deuteronomy 10 uh, 12 to 17 of Ma Shoel Me Imach. What is asked of you is like a second Shema Israel. Listen, Israel, of Deuteronomy 6 4 to 8, given its importance as practical condition of possibility of the theory. Social justice and civilization. Brief. Move on from discussion theme of quote, social justice to discussion theme Torah, Israel, and civilization. As per the Torah reading, as per the Torah teaching itself, go no further. It specifically singles out the Bene Israel, children of Israel, as handpicked and held responsible for carrying out the plans of civilization and creation. This forcibly sandwiches Israel between the Torah and civilization proper. That is, Israel has a special role to play as scripted in the drama of the great experiment of civilization, the small story of the greater one of creation. But, by extension, humanity ha has a corresponding one with the world at large, including animalia, fungi, plantae, and mineral kingdoms. If you want something done, assign it to someone as lead teacher. Don't expect things to just happen spontaneously. It's just, it's, it's like trust your neighbor but verify. This is not saying everybody else gets to lay back. No, it's a team effort. But still, someone has to call the plays. You get the idea. Worth highlighting that, quote, social justice defines the discussion of the path as of a par as, as of a particular persuasion. On the other hand, the theme, quote, Torah, Israel, and civilization is infinitely better. Passing the buck. Brief. The buck stops with primeval Israel or the B'nai Israel, children of Israel. Who picks up the buck? That is the question. Those whose heart is so inclined. Everything happens for a reason. Our job is to figure it out. Quote, the buck stops here. 
It is a phrase of unknown origin popularized by the American president Harry S. Truman. The idea is to transfer responsibility or blame from oneself onto another, to absolve oneself of concern for a given matter by claiming lacking authority or jurisdiction. The question is if it is in human nature to pass the buck. It most certainly happened to Moses. Let's go directly to dissipate doubts. Exodus 3, 10-11 Verse 3, 10 Vea Come therefore, quote, Come therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh, and you shall free my people, the children of Israel, from Egypt. Comment. God instructs Moses what to do. Verse uh, Exodus 3, 11 Vayomer Moshe, and said Moses, quote, But Moses said to God, Who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and free chatting with the children of Israel from Egypt. Comment. To make the story short, Moses is looking for an excuse not to go. He wasn't sure he could communicate with the people. Later on, Moses insists on passing the buck. Exodus 4.10 Vayomer Moshe And said Moses, quote, But Moses said to yod Please, O my Lord, I have never been a man of words, either in times past or now, that you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Comment. Moses still insists not wanting to go. Again, we have Moses passing the buck. Exodus uh, 4.13, verse 4.13. Vayomer B. But he said, quote, But he said, Please, oh my Lord, make, take, make someone else your agent. Comment. Moses still kicking the can down the road. The above serves to dramatize that it is an actual social phenomenon. This addresses the unreliability of spontaneity. Someone has to be assigned a job. And even then, it requires convincing and assurances. B'nai Israel. Brief. The question of who the B'nai Israel, children of Israel, are is left unconclusive. Yes. But who are the B'nai Israel, children of Israel? I don't claim to have the last word, certainly not the first on that matter. I lay down what I know with the help of the light that the Paradise app sheds on the matter at hand. It's like a black box. There are some who are and some who are not B'nai Israel, children of Israel. All would agree that you are Jewish if you converted or did bar or bar or bat mitzvah or else belong to a congregation. Likewise, those who are not, if you converted or were raised on a non on a different non-Jewish faith, then you are of that faith and not Jewish, obviously. The problem is the gray area, the rim R, is wider than the sides light side P and dark side D in this odd shop odd shape tractor tire of sorts. Also, there are those who depend on whom you ask. Case in point, Messianic Jewry. They claim to be Jewish while mainstream Judaism does not recognize them as Jewish. And what about cultural or secular Jews? I mean those of Jewish ancestry who are not affiliated or are non-observant. Is secular the same as cultural Jew? Then there are the mixed marriages. If raised Jewish and did bar and bad mitzvah, yes, but if baptized, no. To my understanding of things, you cannot belong to both Judaism and Christianity. Though with Buddhism, it is not an issue. And this is from the side of Judaism. There are also Christians who may consider themselves above religious disputes and are inclusive instead of exclusive. This terrain is very nuanced. For our purposes, we can have recourse to the Paradise app, B'nai Israel S slash Synagogue D, Cultural R, Heritage P. Servers and Leads Brief the condition on the B'nai Israel, children of Israel, for being the chosen people is chatting with God for the observance of the covenant and being a state of servers and a people of leads. The problem is that there's the charge of being holy as yod is holy. Additionally, of being allegedly a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. 
But let's quote and engage the text just to be sure we get it right. Trust but verify. Exodus 19, 5-6, verses 19, 5. im shams. And now then, quote, Now then, if you listen well to my voice and observe chatting with my covenant, you shall, you shall to be to me the most beloved treasure of all peoples, for mine is the entire earth. Comment. It clearly states that those who, quote, observe chatting with my commandment will be the, quote, most treasured of all peoples. Presumably is the Bene Israel, children of Israel, his chosen people. But chatting with the covenant of God is to play a vital role. Presumably is referring to distance oneself from dualism of idolatry. Uh, verse 196. Ve li, but you shall be for me, quote, and you shall be to me a state of servers and a people of leads. These are the words that you shall speak to the children of Israel. Comment. It is clearly addressed to the Bene Israel, children of Israel. However, the condition for being the chosen people is to be a state of servers, PRD, and a people of leads, S. That is, the Bene Israel, children of Israel, is lead, S, slash, server, PRD. But the term goi, Gentile, refers to non-Hebrew people. So, which is it? The Bene Israel as specific, but the Gentile as generic? This I take to mean that it is dedicated to a people, but open to all peoples. Recall that in Deuteronomy 10.17, it says that God shows no favors nor accepts bribe, nor can he be bullied into submission by any interest group of religionism D, philosophism R, nor scientism P. This is, what is, what is refer this is what is referring to, that no one should take things for granted. You have to earn it by chatting with God to observe the covenant. The covenant is simply the mutual agreement that the Bene Israel be the people of Yodhebavhe and Yodhebavhe be the God of the Bene Israel. Also note that Rabbinism translated the above quite conveniently as kingdom of priests and a holy nation, but that is not what the text says. The Hebrew word kohen or kohen means, quote, to serve, as the verse states in Exodus 28.1. Aaron, bring your bring Aaron your brothers and his sons le to serve me le to serve me the word coin or kohen is rooted in the word ken meaning yes and proper in the word kivun which means to direct so le coin means to to serve in particular if the server was in the temple the religious servant would be called a priest but in general the server could be anything now to compare things, Aaron was the Hakoing Hagador, the high priest, but Moses, being the humblest of all men, in, in Numbers twelve three, is repeatedly called the Evit servant of Yotchebavhe, Deuteronomy thirty four five and many more. Now we understand the urgency of the question of who the Bene Israel children of Israel are. This is evidently biblical, but how does it transfer to contemporary times? Can you be a Bene Israel and not a Jew, and vice versa? Can you be a Jew and not be Bene Israel? Yes, absolutely. Bene Israel in name only, formerly Jew but not Bene Israel. One must deliver if it is the case. No more ifs, buts, or maybes. That is, no more if messianism, but mysticism, and maybe the habitual crisis will go away by itself. Historically, of course, it's complex. Party polarization, social decomposition, and state decay taking over all across the societal spectrum. Social justice only worsens an already bad situation of polarization. The age of reason is a dead star, 
the enlightened state is in full decay. Carry on. B'nai Israel and B'nai Jacob. Brief. The question is posed who's who and what's what regarding Jew and Israel. I wonder in this tornado of things where does the Yehudi Jew fit into the greater picture of the Torah. Just to keep the record straight, Yehudi Jew is a rabbinical term, whereas both Israel, Israel and Jacob, Jacob are both biblical. How do these map out on the paradise set? I ask in the context that if someone doesn't step up to the plate to perform, then it's leaving the field to be run over by the infrareds and the ultraviolets of polarization and trashing the world. All these guys are half-truths and half-lies, and what's, and what's worse, they're getting away with murder. Religion and civilization. Brief. Judaism as a civilization, P, lowercase, is better than idolatry, but falls short as civilization, S slash uppercase. Everything within the reach of time decomposes, all except what's beyond mass, space, and time. This leaves the Torah as the only one standing. Once outside the Torah, breakup occurs and civilization S decays into religion D, separate from philosophy R, separate from science P. From this perspective, religion D is not good in itself, however much it may be good among the available alternatives. Outside the Torah is the reign of dualism. Make no mistake about it. Dualism is euphemism for decay, decomposition, and polarization. This is reminiscent of Noah, Noah, who was a righteous man, but for his generation. Let's quote Genesis 6-9, verse 6-9. Ele toldot Noah. These are the offspring of Noah. Quote, These are the offspring of Noah. Noah was a righteous man. Right, perfect was he in his generations. Chatting with God, Noah walked. Comment. The idea is to establish the comparison between Noah and Abraham as equivalent of religion D to civilization S slash, or else comparing any other prophet with Moses would necessarily fall short, independently of receiving some sort of communication from God. Without a doubt, Noah and religion is far better than a world whose business is idolatry, but falls short by a long stretch from one whose business is social justice, justice or civilization. Religion D is like a watered-down version of civilization S slash, as in Noah compared to Abraham. Or should we say a wine version of Noah as compared to sober Abraham? When you're working at what you like, you're not thinking about being happy. This is the sense that I mean that primeval Israel is better than contemporary rabbinic, though this latter is infinitely better than idolatry. Obviously, Judaism is used as a generic due to just seniority, but it applies extensively to Christianity and Islam religions, and other faiths as well, to the best of my limited knowledge. Abrahamic religions are like defense strategy, better than no defense at all, leaving things to chance. But still, the best defense strategy is passing on to the offensive. In this sense, civilization is superlative to the comparative good of religion D, acting separately. Herein I am referring to Abrahamic religions, namely Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, mostly of the West. As for those of the East, my knowledge is very limited to make a definite pronouncement. My opinion at that would be to include East with West when it comes to spiritual practices and beliefs. In a nutshell, civilization A slash of paradise is above religion D of dualism. Any religion D is better than all idolatrous P. They did a great service to humanity, but that doesn't justify getting in the way of chatting with God S slash. But moving forward, Judaism and Christianity both lay claim of the Torah. Historically, Christianity has derived from Judaism after the Second Temple period. But the Torah says nothing about religion D, just about Yodhkev of Elohim, Yodhkev of God, and against idolatry. Judaism as a civilization, lowercase, is better than idolatry, but falls short as civilization 
S slash uppercase. <clears throat> Kabbalah as chatting with. Brief, Kabbalah reception is understood as correspondence as in chatting with. What is Kabbalah? Kabbalah literally means reception. But reception of what? Normally, it's understood as reception of the tradition. But now that we're questioning tradition and leaving no stone unturned, it makes sense to inquire. What is the tradition referred to? Kabbalah can be the reception of none other than the incoming message in our chat with God. Between the Kerubins, which means between our eyes, as in Exodus 25-22, Numbers 7-89, and Deuteronomy 6-8. This is further defined in Exodus 26-5 in reference to the building of the Mishkan tabernacle in the desert. But let's quote it for enjoyment. Exodus 26-5, verse 26-5. Hamishim lulot, 50 loops, quote, 50 loops make on the one cloth and 50 loops on the edge of the end cloth of the other set, corresponding the loops woman to its sister. <clears throat> Comment. The end is a part of interest. The intention is to match the loops such that they coincide with the gold hooks to connect the loops. But it's the wording that makes it unique. Literally, the next to last word at the end has several meanings, namely Isha, woman or fire offering. The last word is Ajota, its sister. The idea is mashing as said. The reason why we're we're la sok engaging with this wording is on account of being preceded by machbilot corresponding. This is the same root as Kabbalah reception, our word of interest. Since this is biblical Hebrew, the meaning of words comes from the context wherein they appear. The only place in the Torah where Kabbalah reception appears is precisely here and nowhere else. So that it's here where it acquires the meaning. Is meaning. So then Kabbalah reception is to be understood as correspondence, as in communication of letters or phone calls, or in our case, of chatting with God. But notice that the active, so to speak, the one that is held in one's hand to insert in the other, is herein denoted as Isha, woman, or fire offering. This is telling us that though it is part of a chat, it actually comes from beyond, which is the meaning of burnt offering, from God in the chat, to be precise. The one inserted into is referred to as Ahota, its sister. This means that this one is the corresponding match, the receiving end, reception, but not passive. Since it's, since being its sister, it has some fire offering associated with it. In this, the gold lulot loops play the part of the drippings falling between our eyes as alluded to in Deuteronomy 6.6. 6. Note that the number 15 corresponds to the letter noon N and signifies seed. That is, that the messages received from God during the chats are seeds for the paradise of our golden civilization. Kabbalah in Mishkan Tabernacle. Brief. The Mishkan is a restaging of the point origin of paradise in the creation story. One last thing. Recall that the coverings of the Mishkan Tabernacle were various levels. The lowest is considered to be part of the Mishkan itself, which is the one in question of the gold hooks and loops mentioned above of Magbilot corresponding referring to Kabbalah reception. This one was made as follows. Verse 26.1 Ve'et HaMishkan and chat with the tabernacle. Quote, As for chatting with the tabernacle, to make it of ten strips of cloth, make these of fine twisted linen of blue, purple, and crimson yarns, and a design of Kerubin worked into them. Comment. From the outset, it states that this is about chatting with God. God as the Mishkan, tabernacle, and the one or first covering is our chatting with Him. This is conveyed by Ve'et, Mishkan, and chat with the tabernacle. 
Next of interest is the material is made of and the pattern of cherubim angels in the design. The material is again a triad of Utehelet ve argaman ve tolat, blue, purple, and crimson yarns. In code, taking linen as white, we would then have linen white S slash blue D purple R crimson P yarns. Recall that humanity as purple is made up of sky blue and red earth and earth red. The cherubim angels is a design playing the role of salt secret S. The thread is made of shesh mashsar, six twisted flax out of four strings. Six and flax are both written as shesh. This is reminiscent of Yod God as paradise, since one string is always a lead which gives the thread its consistency. Above this core covering and on top of it, and no longer considered as part of the Mishkan tabernacle, was a layer of goat's hair, and the hooks are made of copper. And above this one will be a mixed covering stitched together made of ram and tahash skins. The take-home message in the above is a reaffirmation of the point origin of paradise in the very building of the Mishkan Tabernacle insofar as it's a representation of the big picture of creator slash creative creation uh, slash creation as it appears in Genesis 1-1 Aleph. The One Commandment, brief, the Decalogue P, the Torah D, and the One Commandment R, paradise are given jointly at Revelation S slash, that is, the Ten 613 and 1 come together as a package. Hang on there. For once we get past the cusp, things will be going downhill like eating ice cream. Thus, the search is on for the point origin of the Torah. Everything has a beginning. The Torah has a beginning. What is the beginning of the Torah? The previous ex-podcast addressed this concern. Much like a labyrinth, first you have to enter the right door and grab the tip of the guiding thread and then follow it. Same here, if you miss the right entrance, if you mistakenly took the wrong entrance, it's pointless to continue. What are we looking for? We're imperatively looking for the right entrance to the Torah. Our quest is that simple, just getting it right from the start. And keep trying till we achieve it. No point going forward until we do. Let's start the search by engaging with Exodus 24.12. Let's follow where it leads us. Exodus 24.12 Verse 24.12 And said, Quote, and said to Moses, quote, Come to me to the mountain S slash and wait there, and I will give you chatting with the, quote, the, com- the stone tablets and quote, the Torah and quote, the commandment which I have inscribed to teach them. Comment. Herein is telling us that what's given to teach the people is chatting with three things. What's given at the mountain S are the stone tablets P, the Decalogue Ten Commandments, the Torah D, the Teaching Bible, and the Mitzvah R, One Commandment. The Torah is the Pentateuch of Moses, the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments given to Moses at Sinai. And what is this singularity commandment, One Commandment or The Commandment? The right entrance is a no-brainer. The point origin is the beginning as demonstrated above and in the previous podcast. Let's now proceed to spell it out in ABC and 123 so no one's paying attention misses it. The short answer is that the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments, the Torah, refers to the 613 commandments of the sages and that the singular commandment one refers to paradise. Doing the gematria of the math, we get 613 is 6 plus 1 plus 3 reduces to 10, the Decalogue, which reduces to one zero, which reduces to one, the one commandment. 
for convenience of understanding, let's put it in the customary base 10 of numbering. In base 10, we will then have that Torah teaching is 100, that Decalogue is the 10 commandments, and the singular commandments is the 1. Overall, this makes teaching 101, 101 as paradise moving forward. <clears throat> Remember to chat with Shabbat. Shabbat, Shabbat, Shabbat. Brief, that, that chatting with a Shabbat day is a guarantee of being in proximity with God. And while we're on the topic, please allow the following pertinent addenda. Succinctly, the fourth commandment of the Decalogue, Ten Commandments, Aseret HaDevarim, explicitly mandates to keep the Shabbat by chatting with God. Let's be more precise. We're talking about Exodus 28, and this is repeated in Deuteronomy 5, 6 to 21. Exodus 28, verse 28, Sechor et Yom, and remember chatting with the day. Quote, remember chatting with the Shabbat day to keep it holy. Comment. It appears twice as usual, first chronologically. Here the emphasis is on Sahor, remember. As an aside, please note the use of Sahor, remembrances, in Numbers 13, I mean 1539, contrasting with Totafot, drippings, used in Deuteronomy 6 8 and 11 18. Deuteronomy 5 8, verse 5 8, Shamor et Yom, and observe chatting with the day. Quote, observe chatting with the Shabbat day and keep it holy as your God, Yotrebabhe, has commanded you. Comment. It appears twice as usual. Secondly, in the narrative, here the emphasis is in observe. To keep it holy sounds like keeping it holistic. The point in all this is that chatting with a Shabbat day is a guarantee of being in proximity with God. That chatting with God is Shabbat resting from the six mundane days of the week. Fundamentally, that chatting with God is being holy. The Ten Commandments. Brief. The first of the Decalogue is the condition of possibility of all the commandments. Since the Ten Commandments are fundamental, we need to know what the case is here. Exodus 21, verse 21. By the Ber Elohim, and spoke God, quote, and spoke God, chatting with all these words, saying, comment. All chatting is clearly exp expressed alongside by the Ber speaking and Lemor saying in conjunction with Hadevarim words. Could it be? Could it be we have here one more Q, key Q, hiding yet visible in plain sight, the odd chatting with? This being the case, we would then have as follows, chatting with S slash speaking the words are saying P. Verse 22, I am Yodhebavhe your God, quote, I am Yodhebavhe your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, the house of bondage, comment. This is the condition of possibility of all else. This is repeat of the second law, Deuteronomy 5, 6, uh, verse 5, 6. I am God, I am Yotrevavhe, your God. Quote, I am Yotrevavhe, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, the house of bondage. Comment. This is the repeat and omits the first part of interest of the previous verse. The point in all this is that the opening commandment isn't a commandment, properly speaking. It's rather the possibility, the condition or possibility of commandments, the definition of the commander-in-chief, so to speak, as the author in question. Names, Israel, Jacob, and Jew. Brief, Jacob means to follow. Jew means secluded and divided. Israel means lead. During the creation story, God requests that Ha'adam, the Adam, to name all the animals in the garden. Let's quote for brevity. Genesis 2.19, verse 2.19. Vayitzer Yodhebavhe Elohim, and formed Yodhebavhe God. Quote, and Yodhebavhe God formed out of the earth all the wild beasts and chatting with all the birds of the sky and brought them to the human. 
to see what he would call them, and whatever the human called each living creature, that would be its name. Comment. Are names just arbitrary convention? Would it even matter if Haaram had named the giraffe by the name lion or the lion named giraffe? This takes us to the, to the notion of Hebrew being a holy language, not like Spanish or English, with letters sign or German, whatever, with letters signifying sounds and not much more. Not so with Hebrew. The letters signify numbers and have meaning, and there is the math of Gematria. Jacob's name was changed to Israel for the reason already cited. But at the national level today, there are many countries whose names are confusing. Take, for instance, Mexican United States for Mexico, as aligned it as aligned in its time with the United States of America. Would it matter if it aligned its name accordingly? And the same for other countries, too numerous to mention, whose official name is different from the name used on maps. My impression is that names matter, starting with naming one's children and nicknames and so on. The topic in this question is the name given to Israel as a people. There are various choices out there. In the prophets, various names are employed. In the Torah, it's basically B'nai Yisrael, children of Israel. In the prophets, in the southern kingdom, it's Israelites, Judeans, and at one point, Jews. The northern kingdom was Ephraim. As we saw above, the name Jacob was changed to Israel for a reason, and nowhere are the subjects called B'nai Jacob, children of Jacob. And there's a good reason, and there's a very good and strong reason why not. Israel is Yisrael, one who fought with God and with men and prevailed, as in Genesis 32:18. Jacob and Israel are like different octaves of the same person. Jacob was tricky, whereas Israel was exemplary, all proportions kept. Human, still very human. Something along the lines of Yisrael, Bethlehem, and Jacob the Mut. But let's go to confirm this. Genesis 32:28, verse 32:28. Vayomer Elayu, and said to him, quote, And said to him, What is your name? He replied, Jacob. Comment, the angel asked uh, Jacob for his name. Verse 32, 29, Vayomer lo, and said he, quote, said he, quote, not Jacob shall be said any more to be your name, but Israel, for you have struggled with the divine and with men, and you have prevailed. Comment, Yisrael, Israel, struggling with God, is chatting with God, and leading men. The party related to man is omitted because it's still pending to show leadership. According to the sources, the name comes either from the Hebrew root, meaning to follow, to be behind, but also to supplant, circumvent, assail, overreach, or from the word for heal. It can also be taken to mean, may God protect. Well, now we know what Israel stands for, but what about Yehudi, Jew? It stands for in Jeremiah 32.9. Well, Yehudi, Jew, is Yod, Y, 10, G, H, 5, Vav, V, 6, Dalit, D, 4, Yod, Y, 10. This adds up to 35, which reduces to 8. The number 8 stands for the letter Het, Het, H, which means 10th wall, divide half. On the other hand, Yisrael, Israel is Yod, Y, 10, Shin, She, 300, Resh, R, 200, Aleph, A, 1, Lamet, L, 30. This adds to 541 which reduces to 10, which reduces to 1, which is Aleph 1, meaning lead, head, leadership, beginning. My sense in this brief math exercise is that Israel can lead forward where Yehudi stands walled in and divided. But does it matter? Yes, it does matter, and quite a bit. This aligns with a charge spelled out in Exodus 19.6 of Israel being a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, or 
uh, a state of servers and a people of leads. Can a house divided even stand much less so much and much less amount to too much? Furthermore, the name Yehudi is rabbinic. The name Israel is biblical in the Torah. One is made up all the while the other is revealed. I leave it for you to conclude. Moses chatted with God. Brief. Moses chatting with God in the Mishkan mirrors our chatting with God when empowered by holding the sign of paradise as power tool to realize God's, God's plans. We should try to emulate Moses and the patriarch. They chatted with God. So should we. Moses chatted with God between the Kerubims and the Holy of Holies in the Tent of Meeting. Let's quote from Numbers 789. Numbers, verse 789, verse 789. Ubebo Moshe el ochel moed. And when entered Moses into the Tent of Meeting. Quote, when Moses went into the Tent of Meeting to speak chatting with him, he heard the chatting voice speaking to him from atop the cover that was upon the Ark of the Testimony from between the two Kerubims and spoke to him. Comment. Inside the Ark of the Testimony were the two tablets containing the Decalogue, both the original broken ones as well as the second whole set. Somehow we too can chat with God, as per Deuteronomy 6 8. Let's quote Deuteronomy 6 8. 6 8. leot, and bind the sign, quote, Uxartam leot al yadecha, necha. Quote, bind the sign on your hand, and let be drippings on your forehead. Comment. The point is that the word ot sign starts with the aleph a, followed by the vav b, and ends with the last letter of Hebrew vav at uh, tav t. This reproduces the point origin of aleph slash bereshit a in beginning of. That is, ot sign is short for aleph slash bereshit a in beginning of. That is, the aleph a goes to the aleph a, the vav b goes to the forward slash, and the tav t goes to the bereshit in beginning of. The placement of the sign arguably on the forehead coincides with the drippings falling between our eyes. This vital, quote, sign as the, quote, point origin is so we cannot possibly miss it if we're paying attention. I guess that's why Moses stressed its repetition. The point in all this is to compare and contrast. On the one hand, Moses in the tent of meeting speaking to God in the chat cabin of the Ark of the Testimony between the Kerubins, and on the other hand, our innate ability to likewise chat with God, hearing His voice as drippings of remembrances between our eyes. Our head seems to play the part of the Ark of the Testimony, the brain the part of the double set of tablets, speaking from between the two Kerubins, the third or inner eye between our eyes. Mea culpa. My knowledge of the Torah in Hebrew is very limited, but... It's improved by going to the Limu Torah, Torah study on Shabbat Saturday mornings. However, what keeps me in the know is chatting with God. Conclusion. Put theory to practice using the Paradise application to integrate civilization and help save creation. Check the X podcast for parts I might have missed in this anthology. There's more to follow after a short break. And slides. Thank you very much.